0: Broadcasting from another dimension deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest. Sending you secrets from the future directly into your motherfucking mind. <laughs> what a motherfuckers? yeah that's right. It is episode fifty two of the ghost trip and Friends podcast um sorry that uh I wasn't able to get a podcast up last week. I actually tried to record one, but it just didn't come together um I was supposed to get uh um Curtis Lalash on the podcast um the executive for Adventure Time and uh Mar Safari and now he's headed over to Netflix. He just started, I think this week was his first week. Shout out to Curtis, but uh he wanted to get on, but it didn't come together. Um and then uh I've been trying to get Jackie Buska fucking Reno on here, and she's giving me the runaround. These were these these potential guests were both leading me on and leaving me with those big old swollen dripping podcast blue balls over here, you know. Um and I tried to jump on and do a solo joint but uh like I said it just didn't just didn't really come together. It was a little too out of pocket so had to put it on hold, but you know we're always coming back around. You know cuz this podcast is designed to keep you motivated uh you know from week to week and just a nice reminder to you know i first of all i hope everybody actually just draws when they listen to this podcast you know if you're a if you're a visual artist and you're using this as motivation in your career and your lifestyle quest and uh and the level of your work you know i'm saying use this when you draw you know i know that's how i use basically every podcast i listen to because i'm drawing most of the time Especially lately. Are you kidding me? Fucking drowning in work over here. Um, but uh yeah, hopefully everybody, you know, uses this as a little little motivator every week and uh helps you pass an hour or two um while you're drawing, you know, because uh I like that idea. So get your pencil started, everybody, get your pencil started. You know it's Inktober, uh it's cool to see everybody posting up some ink shit. You know, um, post up some, try, try try, using the brush, you know, that's my tool of choice. That's my weapon of choice um, in my war against mainstream reality, you know, winning that one, definitely winning that one. Um, I've been hitting that brush pretty hard. Uh, if you've seen my Instagram, uh, I've definitely been putting up a lot of stuff. Um, I just today put up the new Uncle Terry album cover um, that's been uh, in rotation on my desk for (laughs) the longest amount of time. Uh, I was working on four jobs at once, and that was like one of the first ones that popped off and uh, finally just got that off. And it came out really good. Um, Really, really fun one. Um, And uh, check that one out. And I also got the, uh, there was a single cover, 12-inch vinyl for a song called Yesterday with Sadat X, Razkaz, Guilty Simpson, and I think, I believe a dude named Cadillac Dale made that funky beat. Um, And uh, that was a really fun one. I've been a fan of Brand Nubians since back in the day, and to do a cover for Sadat X is definitely a dream. He's a hip-hop legend to me, and many others as well. Um, and uh that was dope, and I definitely remember Raz Caz from back in the day. I don't think I really listened to his stuff a ton, but nonetheless, in honor, sir, you know, um shout out to uh Cool Keith's manager, um who is the one that uh hired me to do that album cover um and uh I'm trying to get him to let me get a crack at one of them, Cool Keith album covers you know i'm always making chess moves i'm working three motherfucking moves ahead so you know as soon as i started talking to him i was like you know fucking cool keith's one of my all-time hip-hop legends in my hall of fame on my hip-hop mount rushmore for sure Um, No one is more out there than Cool Keith. And no one has been out there longer than my man Cool Keith. You know, he's been doing it since the early days. Who knows about them supersonic MCs? You know, keeping it fresh. Keeping it fresh from way back. Hip-hop has always been one of my biggest inspirations to draw. You know, I feel like when I started listening to hip-hop... In the early 90s when there was that explosion of Wu-Tang and Nas. And just all this shit that you had never even heard before. um, You know, styles you hadn't fucking heard before. With all those fucking Shaolin Kung Fu samples. You know, hearing that shit you're like, what the fuck am I listening to a movie right now? You know, shout out to the Rizza. And, uh, you know, that is... uh When I, when I started listening to hip-hop. I feel like it was one of the major voices that told me that I needed to take my life into my own hands and fucking make my own reality. You know, I feel like a lot of my ideas about that and about self mastery and about just going out and taking it, going out and making things happen for yourself, you know, I feel like that's such a big part of the of hip hop, especially that intellectual fucking down-and-dirty hip-hop from the 90s, you know? that I feel like that was the message. A lot of it was, you know, just extremely creative and uh coming from so many different places, you know? But especially New York City. Definitely the reason I wanted to go to school in Brooklyn. That hip-hop lifestyle, you know? Going to shows all the time, that was amazing. Um... So, uh, really cool to get those album covers out into the world. Um, I've been giving, getting so much love on Instagram lately. Shout out to everybody on Instagram because, uh, you know, people are just hitting me up in the DMs, fucking mad people every day, just you know, giving me props. And uh, I have tons of fucking work lining up. Another cool. Uh, so the next project I'm gonna be uh returning to in this rotation. i have finally whittled it down to um the raw rolling tray the second raw rolling tray so i'm going to be going in hard on that in the next 2 weeks um it sounds like i will also be doing a second uh beer label for the Norway Brewing Company um in that relative time frame as well um and then uh after i am done with those um, I am pretty excited to announce that I am gonna be doing it's a it's, it's not a big deal. It's a big project, but it's not a big deal because I'm just gonna be doing a little bit of concept design that who knows if it'll ever get applied to the project. But um they're working on SpongeBob, the third movie, uh, over at Paramount. And shout out to the homie Sue Mont from Adventure Time. I'm gonna be working with her. Um, I guess they have a a, a background area, you know, an area in the the movie that they want some exploratory concept design done of. I'm going to be doing a couple rough exteriors and maybe some kind of layout, you know, some kind of rough layout stuff. Just rough concept design, but uh, I've always been interested in dipping my toe into concept design for features. Um, And, uh, you know, I've always been a huge fan of Spongebob, you know, uh, when it came out. Um, I used to tape it on VHS when I was in college in Brooklyn, you know, I had that, I had that tape out for funky animations, um, taping the Ripping Friends, um, taping fucking Spongebob, there was so much cool animation coming out at that time, taping the Powerpuff Girls, taping Dexter's Lab, you know, um, that, uh, early 2000s shit, um, and uh, I remember Spongebob was on the cover of the Village Voice when I was in New York City. SpongeBob was really kind of transcending uh, you know, the the children's animation market and becoming a global phenomenon. And and I thought it was a really fun cartoon. It still is. Um, and uh I'm pretty excited to uh be able to do this and especially be able to work with Sumont, who criminally I have not, I don't think, mentioned her by name on this podcast. Um, before, but she was a colorist on Adventure Time and she was like my, my, uh, studio mom, like in the best way. Like me and Tommy used to just, me and Tom Herpick used to sit in her cubicle and talk to her like every day, you know, like during lunch, whatever, just coming into bullshit and um you know we were just like really close when we at that time uh, on the show when she was a colorist and um there's some funny pictures of me with her in my uh, at the adventure time finale um us hanging out and I'm in my full uh canary yellow sweater jumpsuit from the future from grandma's future closet sale you know what I'm saying um and I I think I I know there's pictures of me in that suit in the Vu book. I don't know if the one of me and Sue got in there, but but uh, I have a lot of love for Sue, and um, I feel really good about working with her on this project. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that's pretty cool that I'll be doing a little bit of feature concept design for SpongeBob Three. You know, I guess it's already been in production for a couple of years, whatever. Um, let's see. Um. I think that's about it Uh, There's another job that I'm talking To somebody about That would be really cool Um, But uh, uh, It's still up in the air So uh, I I won't talk about it just yet I don't like to talk about it unless we've Nailed, hammered out all the details And we're moving towards it You know, all parties have agreed And we're moving forward That's when I like to talk about projects You know, get a little money in the bank And then we talk about a project You know how we do it Get that half that money up front kids you know that's my advice to you um the twelve week online group workshop is going into uh let's see this is week four they're wrapping up creating strong personal work the first section of the twelve week online group workshop because you need to you need to you need to start really exercising and practicing your voice as an artist. And coming with those unique experiences that you've had and building up that personal mythology. You know, that's what we focus on in the beginning because that's the foundation of every great art career. You know, coming from deep within and really having fun with it. The more engaged you are in your own work, the more personal it is, um, the more you're willing to push yourself to really uh, find... Uh, you know the the limits. Working at the edge of your not only your conceptual potential but your technical potential. Um, you know, uh, that's how you really start to get moving and start to get people interested in what you're doing. You know, so we've been focusing on that, and uh, we have a this week is an optional catch up week or a magnum opus piece. You know, uh, as we like to say, your magnum dopest piece. Um, based on kind of just having a few weeks to mess around in the workshop, um, and I uh, get comfortable, and now let's try to let's try to hit a little home run here with a completely open assignment, completely free assignment, um, and then uh, we're about to jump into the commercial illustration section, you know, and taking that mentality of that strong personal work, um, and then applying that, applying your super unique voice as an artist, um, as a visual artist, into those uh into that commercial illustration world and uh you know getting those getting those client parameters going and really trying to get those mechanisms of of strong visual communication in with all the other things we've been working on you know it takes a lot to make a a good illustration um and uh and any good piece of visual art but an illustration has to truly communicate an idea to the viewer if it doesn't it actually doesn't work as an illustration so it's a little bit trickier you know you got to be a little bit more clever to be an illustrator, you know, shout out to all my freelance illustrators out there holding it down, you know, holding it down, um, let's see, uh, I got a whole bunch of dope uh, swag from Raw, Um, I saw that they put out a onesie, and I had to have it, so (laughs) I gave them a shout, and they sent me a whole bunch of shit. Um, I'm going to be making some funny videos with that stuff, hopefully, now that I have a little bit more time on my hands. I've literally been just day and night, you know, just working on all these projects, just trying to make them super strong. You know, these are all really fun projects I've been working on. It was starting with that um, Flying Lotus piece that I did, like, maybe two, three weeks back. And um, then these two album covers and now closing out this raw tray. I got the raw tray probably about half penciled already, but it's just been sitting there for probably about a month. Um, But, uh, you know, I like to uh, I like to work on more than one project at once Four at the same time was is a little bit too much. Um, It kind of squeezes out everything else in my life if I'm trying to do that much work, which is a little bit chaotic. You know, and a little bit stressful for me, but in the best way, you know i can 't complain but um you know one of those tricks when you 're a freelancer is you know you 're always out there planting seeds and and getting stuff going and talking to people about projects you know uh you know i 've always got some ones that might come through and some other ones that i 'm working on and uh with all these projects, um they were kind of looming out there, and then they all just came together you know I'd been talking to everybody about this stuff for a while, and then they all just came together at the same time. boom. And uh, you know, they were all great projects. I couldn't bear to turn any of them down. And uh luckily, you know, everybody's really cool and uh, you know, willing to uh let me have a little flexibility with the schedules. I always try to keep some flexibility in my scheduling um at this point in my career because I am really trying to push all the pieces, you know, much more than I used to. Um, you know, it's definitely been a build up. Uh like I said, I started out doing maybe three or seven days on a piece and now, you know, even if I'm working on, you know, uh, I work on a couple pieces at once, you know, to be a little bit more efficient in that time. But I want at least a couple of weeks to work on a piece, ideally, you know. I mean, you hit me with a shot, you know, you can hit me with any deadline and I'll tell you if I can do it or not. Um, But, uh, you know, I always really want to hit them grand fucking slams, boy. Get that fucking touchdown and spike the ball. You know, get that. Triple, axle, slam dunk in your fucking dick hole, in your butthole, in your pussy, in your titty holes. What if you went down on a girl and her clitoris was a nipple and it milked on you? You know, think about that. Put the little bit of that in your coffee, you know? Or what if a girl was going down on a guy and, you know, he started to ejaculate oh uh, whoa what we're getting uh we're getting x-rated x-rated trigger warning here uh the man started to ejaculate but it was uh caramel sunday sauce coming out of there you know i would love that i would be like woo! i would even be gay if guys were you know I would think about it. I would have to think about it. If guys were out there with that caramel sunday batter, that boy batter was caramel sunday, mm, you know, I might have to have a little treat once in a while. You know, shout out to all those, shout out to all those sweet tasty boys out there. <laughs> shout out. We love everybody. There is not anybody that we don't like. You know, and even the haters, but like just haters, you need to stop hating. You know, you're really hating yourself. Give it up. You know, that's just whack. That's so played out. We left y'all on Facebook a long time ago, you know? Um, What the fuck else are we talking about? We're just having like a little laid back catch up, you know? Um, I did write down some other things that I had forgotten to mention in some of the previous Adventure Time uh, episodes uh, on this podcast, the more recent ones, and... We're definitely gonna still be talking about Adventure Time. You know, we're we we're we're still basking in the glow, we're still soaking in the glory, we're soaking in that that bacon grease, uh, slip and slide. We're slipping down that bacon grease slip and slide. What you do is you get giant ass strips of bacon in there, you fry them up. They're so greasy, you lay them out on your lawn. You know, in a hot, sunny day where you can just smell it for blocks around, it smells like meat. And you get all your friends around and y'all going on that S- baking grease slip and slide. That's how you have your your child's 12th birthday, your 12th seniora, you know? Um, once, doce, your doce I think that's what they call it in the Hispanic community. My wife is uh, Hispanic. She is. I think she's Hispanic and Latina. She is she her she's from Spain. She's from Mexico and she's from Colombia, you know, and Italy as well. Just mixed in there, just thrown in there like some kind of weird moose track, you know, those moose track ice creams with uh, you know, all different kind of crunch. You don't know what you're crunching on. You might find a cricket, you know, in that ice cream. But I would like that, you know. Some people are weirded out by eating bugs. That doesn't seem weird to me at all. It almost seems less weird than eating animals because animals are bleeding all over you, and they have all these weird stinky sacks of you know fluids in their body and stuff. And when you eat an insect, it's like a crunchy. It's already cooked. It's like it's already toasted for you. God toasted those insects over Jesus's fire, you know, and he serving them up to you, and they're just crunchy and crispy. It's like eating a a snack. And they're almost a little salty, like someone dipped them in a little bit of salt for you, you know, before they gave them to you. And you just, you just snap it up, you know, um, what, you know, sometimes I ask myself on this podcast, what are we talking about? We're talking about getting you fucking motivated. I hope everybody had a motivated week. I hope you're getting pumped up right now. Listening to this, you know, thinking about maybe trying to upgrade this week. Think about, you know, maybe this is the week that you get an in-ground pool going. You know, you've thought about it your whole life. You go, fuck, man. Think about your life with an in-ground pool. I feel like that's when you really made it. I feel like there's two things. If you have an in when I was a kid, if you had an in-ground pool cuz you know in New England like most people have above-ground pools. I was just telling my wife about this, you know, I'd be like, "Holy shit, everybody has an in-ground pool out here in LA." And she goes, "What other kind of pools are there?" And I'm like, "Above-ground pools. This is what we call a New England pool. More people than not have above-ground pools here." So if you have an in-ground pool, you're ballin' in New England, you know. And the other thing is a fucking water bed, you know. If you have a water bed, you are fucking ballin'. Hashtag water balling. You know what I'm saying? You're having sex on a water bed. Woo! That's a threesome. You know, you're having sex on a water bed. That is considered a threesome. You know? Could you heat that water bed up? I want a heated water bed. You know, maybe full of lube, so it's even got a little bit like it's a little bit firmer. It's like a Tempur Pedic lube heated waterbed that's a fucking threesome right there you know depending on how much that waterbed weighs maybe that's a foursome you know that's definitely sexy that's like you're twice as sexy if you have a fucking waterbed you know maybe maybe you have some clear shower curtains for blankets too i feel like if you have a waterbed why can you even cover it up with blankets like I don't know, man. You got to think about that. I feel like you got to have some next level blankets. There's got to be some see-through parts. Some's like you got to have uh they used to have some color changing clothing when we were kids. They were called like hyper color or something like that in the 90s and it was like uh wearing a hologram, a rainbow hologram. And you know, I feel like you need some rainbow holographic sheets. You know, if you're just fucking living that waterbed lifestyle. But that's a goal of mine. You know, someday to have a waterbed. I think that would be fucking baller. I think that would be dope as hell. You know, I feel like I have to have a special room just with only a waterbed in it, really. You know, imagine if you came here and you went way up in the woods and you come to this log cabin and you walk in and all that's in there is a fucking water bed and it's lit up from the inside. You know? <sighs> that's what heaven is. Then you know you died, but it was worth it. And you go, fuck it, I don't even care. Tell my friends I loved them, you know, tell them I'll see them on the other side of this waterbed, you know, waterbed earth. What about that? How about some fucking waterbed earth, dude? Hashtag waterbed earth. That's my conspiracy theory. You get inside hollow earth and it's a fucking waterbed in there, dude. It's so fucking cozy. You're just walking around and everybody's just lying around taking naps in there that's why nobody ever comes back from hollow earth like nobody's even ever died you just they oh my god they bury you in the fucking ground and then they come up and they take you down further you know they're they're digging you from the top in and they bury that coffin and then in in waterbed hollow earth they're digging up into the bottom of your casket and pulling you down into that hollow waterbed earth and that's where you spend the rest of eternity you know on those waterbeds those heavenly waterbeds you know cuz people think wa- it's like that it's like that cliche of heaven is a bunch of clouds i think they got it wrong what you're looking at is a bunch of fucking waterbeds filled with lube inside hollow earth an uh, infinite waterbed you know, and everybody's just laying and lounging and it's a very comfortable lifestyle. And they said, you know, motivation doesn't even exist here. All there is is pure in the moment and the, and you get it. You know, no one even doesn't understand it because it's so dope. And they get it and they're like, ah. Oh, and they, you look at a crystal, they touch your, they you look down and your private parts are made of crystal and and they talk to you and they explain to you. Your own genitals are made of crystal and they telecommunicate with you and you just understand everything and everybody is on the same wavelength and it's like a hive mind crystal genital water bed hollow earth you know boom that's my kind of paradise that's where i'm living that's where i'm living in my mind right now you know there was a certain time in my life where i realized like that i could control the thoughts of my mind and then i thought man if i just think about the dopest shit all the time I'll be a much cooler person. And that's basically what I started to do. And I felt like stuff started working out for me. So try to do that. Try to think about the dopest. Try to just, when you're thinking about shit, like even like push your thoughts, be like, oh, like when you're flipping through channels, you're flipping through and you're watching some whack-ass sitcom, you know, on it with a bunch of sad people crying, you know, they're all super unhealthy and they're crying about their lives and you switch that channel, change, 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 some depressing documentary about people in, you know, people eating their own children in prison, you know, switch that channel. And then you got to look for the dope channel. You know, you got to look for that fucking that, you know, you know, it was another dope thing growing up is when someone had a basketball hoop in their fucking in ground pool. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Because probably Michael Jordan invented that shit, dude. Think about how he got so good. You think he got good playing on the fucking... On the blacktop? Dude, Michael Jordan grew up fucking playing water... Fucking in-ground pool water basketball, dude. Next level shit. You know, that is the fucking dopest shit. You know, you find that channel. You just think about Michael Jordan. Like, I will spend all day just thinking about what I could think about. And then I'll go... out Today I'm going to think about Michael Jordan in the fucking... In a heated pool in new england fucking jumping up he swims down to the bottom of he has like a nine foot deep pool and he swims down to the bottom and then he fucking explodes up with the basketball comes out of the water splashes everybody at the party and slam dunks that shit and fucking it just you know what i'm saying and then shack imagine shack on a pool on a pool hoop, he'd be just ripping it into the into the thing, and he'd be smashing through the bottom of the pool and just drains the pool, and nobody even knows where the water went. You know, Shaq's that man who's going to come and break everything that you own because he's so large and strong. You could never underestimate Shaquille O'Neal. If I was with Shaquille O'Neal, I would never take my eyes off of him because he's so big, you never know what he's going to do. If I was chilling with Shaq, let me say this, when I meet Shaquille O'Neal and when we're chilling, I'll just never take my eyes off of him. You know, I have a staring contest with his entire body and and I would win. You know, that's how fucking, that's how much of a Shaquille O'Neal fan I am, you know? Um. So yeah, I made this list of like other, cause like when I made those other Adventure Time episodes, I was like, fuck, I, those other Adventure Time podcasts, I was like, I, of course, forgot all this other stuff that I wanted to mention. So I was gonna run through a little bit of that, Um, and I also just wrote down my favorite characters from Adventure Time because I just was like, I should tell people that. You know, I thought that'd be fun. Um, God, I'm in a really good mood right now. I realize like when you're like so fucking working so hard, and like I'll go into a zone where I'm like a fucking Terminator. Like I'm like something switches in my brain, and like. I almost don't even hear people talking to me. Like I, it's like it's like at, it's like at half volume. Like I'm just in this zone where like I'm just working all the time, and I just need to get this shit done. And I'm like in this creative zone. It's like a bubble, you know. And I feel like I've been in this zone for like two or three weeks right now. And I'm just coming up for air, and I'm like, <gasps> holy shit! And I'm coming up for air, and it's a fat gravity bong. <laughs> I was trying to make a, I was trying to make a gravity bong noise. I almost just threw up. Hold on, I got this water right here. Wait, that's not a gravity bong noise. A gravity bong will bubble. like Let's gargle. I don't even know. Yeah, it would make it like that kind of a noise. We need to make a gravity bong up here. That'll end your life. If you've never taken a real legit five-gallon gravity bong hit, you have not fucking lived, my friends. So get yourself a five-gallon bucket. Get yourself a five-gallon uh, water cooler jug and fucking cut the top out of that cut the flat part out of that off of that bottle off of that water off of that gallon that that water bottle thing and look it up online make yourself a gravity bong rip a couple of those things you'll you won't even be walking you know you'd be you'd be Christopher sitting you know you'd be Christopher sitting around just going i am so fucking high right now Sometimes it's fun to get that blitzed. You know, I guess now people just do dabs and stuff. I'm still, like, I'm still not well-versed in all the extracurricular. I'm still pretty old school, even though I vape all the time. That's, like, old school now. Even vaping is old school now. Vaping dry herb is, like, only old men and three-year-old children do that, you know? It's very niche. Because just the children, because it's like nobody else will give them anything else. They have to steal a bud and then they have to do it when their parents think they're asleep at night. They have to de- vape it up, you know, and go through that experience themselves. That's how you become Akira. Y'all, I've been reading, <laughs> reading Akira. Um, shout out to Erica Malhus over at the Norway Brewing Co. Um, the homie when she came and camped out this past summer with her whole fam. Um, shout out to Tor and Magna. Uh, shout out to the, what was the little girl's name? God damn it, I forget. those names torah magna are just such cool uh memorable names but shout out to the whole family i'm so bad with names anyway god damn it um uh what the fuck was i talking about uh backtrack to beer label bongs god damn it i'm gonna pause it i gotta pause it and re-listen Ruby Malhouse, of course, her name is Ruby Malhouse. Uh I had to jump in, I'm, I'm coming to you, you know, from the future, of course, I had, to, I had to hit up Erica and be like, what is your daughter's name, because I couldn't let this podcast go out without shouting out Ruby Melhus. you know what I'm saying, big shout out to the whole Melhous clan, okay, now back to our regularly fumbled podcast, oh yeah oh yeah she brought the akira books all six of them i have the first two and she brought uh the rest of them and now i'm on book five and holy shit akira is so dope you know obviously some people are familiar most people hopefully aren't familiar with the movie with the animated movie but that just is like like I think only like part of the first book or something you don't even see Akira in Akira like how many people did did you realize that (laughs) um so uh the deeper you get into it just the doper it gets The, the draftsmanship is insane on the comics and uh it's it's unreal that the dude cranked out all that fucking material definitely one of the greatest graphic novels of all time so if you haven't checked it out, definitely do it. I think you probably find them on Amazon. Um, that's where I got the first couple. But uh Yeah. Um, but that's you know, that's that's you gotta smoke some weed and you gotta read a cure. That shit will change your fucking life, you know? Um, let's see, my boy, uh oh no wait, let's see. What are we talking about? We're talking about I made this list of stuff of of adventure time characters and stuff that i like so i'm gonna talk about that for a minute um so my favorite characters in adventure time uh Grab is definitely one of my favorite i love all the lemongrab stuff is so fucking weird um i love all of it i love the designs of the characters his castle is so cool um, I like the design of the castle. I'm jealous that I didn't get to design it. Um, that's one of the things I would have loved to be there to design, but obviously I wasn't working on the show at that time. But I love the way it looks. I think it came out perfect, so it's great. Um, it just my god, I just love that character. So to think about designing the castle for lemon grab, what would I have done for a lemon grab castle? Woo! It's kind of spooky to think about. Um, Prismo is definitely one of my favorite characters. Love all the Prismo stuff and love that actor as well. Um, Lumpy Space Princess, of course, is Penn. And Lumpy Space Princess is such a funny character. I love Spongey, <laughs> Spongy. Spongy. Lumpy, lumpy Space Princess. Um, Fern. I love Fern. Fern is such a tragic character. So much of the Fern stuff is so sad. Um, and then is kind of bittersweet at the end. Um, where Fern, uh, you know, uh, becomes the new treehouse, but that's so epic and cool at the same time. It makes me want to draw <clears throat> like a new Fern tree house. Like, like what, um, what those characters, uh, what is it? Shermy and Beth, um, what they are Shelby. She, I always mix it up. Shelby. I always think it's Shermy, but that's, that's right. Shelby and Beth. Um I almost want to draw their treehouse, the treehouse that they built in fern, in the fern tree. That would be a fucking that would be a really fun one. Um we're working on or oh, actually working on getting some uh some type of special prints of that adventure time trip dick that I made for the finale. So Stay tuned for that. A lot of people were asking about um, that, and I just wanted to do something a little different with it than just the posters. Um, so been working on that, and uh, I think that's getting close. So stay tuned for that. Um, Tiffany, I fucking love Tiffany. Uh, it's so funny. I remember I did, I think I did the backgrounds for Tiffany's first appearance when i forget like finn or jake goes off and is like they're fighting and then one of them goes off to like play some music with tiffany or something in some tall grass and uh, i remember i did those backgrounds and uh didn't know that tiffany was going to become a recurring really funny character but i love tiffany and i love the view the the future tiffany in the finale uh you know a real quick shot of tiffany in the future with more cybernetic limbs You know, because Tiffany in Islands, we see Tiffany chilling with Finn's mom and and, uh, Susan Strong over there and shit with all the humans and getting some, uh, you know, working a job to get some more, some more Cybertronics in his body, you know, in his, her body. Um, Cousin Chicle. <laughs> I just love the name Cousin Chicle. Uh, Gumball and Cousin Chicle. I fucking just love those characters. I think they're so funny. I love the actor who is Gumball, that dude. Um, he's been in some of the Coen Brothers movies. Um, and then Cousin Chiclay. I just love the name Cousin Chicle. It's so funny just to say Cousin Chicle, Cousin Chicle. Um, the Lich, obviously, is such a cool character. I remember I worked on the first lich stuff but then those backgrounds didn't get used um but uh you know that that's really fun and and I feel like that's one of those first major uh big big story things obviously the romances and stuff but the lich you know was one of those things that you know really started to build on that adventure time mythology um, and so that's really cool. James Baxter, James Baxter. Oh, my kids love James Baxter, <laughs> Junie and Wolfie both. And I think the animation on that character is so amazing. It's so good and so cool. And the design of that character is really fun. Just really, really uh, fun to look at, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, one of the things that, I'll like forget, but then as I, as I binged the entire series, uh, leading up to the finale, just like how funny the dialogue is in Adventure Time. Obviously that's like one of the hallmarks of the show, but just shout out to all the storyboarders because the dialogue in Adventure Time is so goddamn funny. Um, and then one of the other things I love the most is when Finn gets startled and he screams, uh, that's like a recurring thing that he does. That sound is so fucking funny. I love it. Um so those were just some of the things obviously Magic Man I also love I didn't put Magic Man on here but Magic Man's one of my favorite characters um just the, his presence in the show and the episodes he's involved in and all the all the storylines and the Mars stuff um I remember like the Mars stuff is funny cuz that came from the the Mars stuff came from the uh pilot episode that Nickelodeon did, where you know Finn goes he's like transported to Mars or whatever, and he talks to Abraham Lincoln there, um but I remember th- the studio really wanted like Abraham Lincoln and Mars to like play into the show more, and I remember Penn was like really against it. he was like that's just like a cheap trick like you know, to just throw that random thing in, he's like, that's like, that's like a cheap trick. And like, I don't want to use that. I don't, I don't want to do that. And, uh, I don't know for some reason it bothered him. Um, and so, uh, you know, that, that didn't in the beginning, he was resistant to that. And obviously it comes in later on. Um, but that's an interesting little tidbit that I remember, um, about that stuff. But yeah, I, I love magic, man. Um, and, uh, yeah, so those are just some. I mean, I love all of the Adventure Time shit, obviously, but those are just some of my favorite characters from Adventure Time. Um, and, uh, I wrote, also wrote down here some, um, other memories. What's going on out there? Oh, my dog's making some noise. Um, I, uh, also wrote down just some other memories of um my time on adventure time that i had neglected to mention in the um in the previous adventure time podcast so um i gave a shout out to Sumont uh earlier there she was the colorist and yeah me and tommy just used to hang out in her cubicle um and i just remember like that was still when you know in the beginning of the show when stuff was a little rocky and i feel like sue she'd been around for a long time and um you know she just was like a real real she's so friendly and she's so nice and she's such a calming presence um and uh you know she's just funny um and uh and she's just really pleasant to be around and i think that like went a long way in starting to make me feel more comfortable Um, and settled in at the studio after all the turmoil of being fired and then having so much like on and off and hiatuses in the beginning of Adventure Time. So big shout out to Sumon, and I can't wait to work uh, with her on this concept design for Spongebob 3. Um, The Adventure Time premiere party was obviously a fucking blast. I remember I wore two jumpsuits. I wore a regular aviator green suit that people were kind of accustomed to seeing me in. But then under that, I wore, I wanted to reveal it in the middle of the party. And I wore that um the the, the canary yellow sweater jumpsuit. It's actually two pieces. It's like skin tight pants that are knitted canary yellow sweater material. And then the top is like a puffy like almost 90s style um like like puffy top but it's also the canary yellow knitted sweater material but then it has like a power ranger like triangle sewn onto the top of it and it has all these abstract black and yellow and like knitted gold shapes in it like weird symbols in this triangle around my neck like and it comes like halfway down pointing down towards my navel if you can picture that and there is a picture of me, I know for sure, me and Jesse Moynihan uh at the premiere party in that in that in that Art of Vue book, there's a picture of me in that suit chilling with Jesse. Um, but that was a really fun night, I remember. Um, you know, just having everything kind of rolling then and uh, you know, um, we we I guess we we must have been working on season two by then, I feel like. Or maybe not. Maybe maybe it would have been, maybe, I guess we would have had to go through the premiere and still be working on stuff and then get the pickup. So I guess maybe, but, but I, I feel like stuff was a little more settled in then. I feel like there was some flapjack people there and I was like still a little bit kind of like felt weird about the whole situation. But, you know, I was obviously just feeling really good about Adventure Time and uh you know the the fit on Adventure Time and starting to feel more like I belonged there again which was really nice and uh that's one of my really fond memories is the Adventure Time premiere party there were some really fun uh holiday parties as well I have a really hard time around open bars cuz I feel like I got a my frugal nature makes me need to store up booze for the winter if it's free um and that and you know a lot of times like I remember one time early on in me and Athena's uh, romance when I met my wife, um, we went to a Christmas party for Adventure Time and it was open bar and at the end of the night I was naked throwing up in our bathroom, in in the bathroom of my apartment and she was like, I saw your butthole because I was just buck naked fucking throwing up and she got she looked right down the butthole of her future she looked right down the barrel of that butthole and she saw her future in that butthole you know i think that's when she realized that she wanted to marry me forever you know um i think she was already pregnant so probably pretty good that she felt that way um i remember one time one time really early on in our relationship I got I would go over, shout out to my homie Robbie Scott. Um uh Joe Como Louis Joseph Como the fourth has been on this podcast before. Shout out Dad Squad Um and our mutual friend Robbie Scott. We used to go over every weekend and watch a movie at Robbie's house in downtown LA when I was there. And uh, or not every well, like there was a good run when we were doing it for quite a while. And um and one night somehow I got so drunk and I'd ridden my bike there and we would do this every week and I was really used to this and some one somehow one night I got so drunk that I couldn't find I would ride my bike to the subway station and take the subway back to North Hollywood and then you know ride home from there and uh, I I got lost. I could not find the fucking subway. That's how I was like drunk riding my bike around downtown L.A. Could not find the subway station. And the subway closes at like midnight in L.A. So I missed the subway. And then I was riding around. And I was riding through Skid Row. Which like at night, it's like a homeless. All the homeless people bring out their tents and put them in the streets. Like in this whole area. And they're like everywhere. It's like an encampment. And it's really cool actually, but it's crazy and surreal. And it felt like I, I rolled into a I biked into a David Lynch movie all of a sudden. And I was I was so confused and I was like, holy shit. And I made my way back to Robbie Scott's house. Um and uh and I had to call Athena and she came and picked me up. And I was like, that really was nice of her, you know? So this makes me sound like a real fucking drinker i was drinking pretty good at that time i was drinking a couple bottles of whiskey every week um in la that was the first time i ever drank recreationally you know before that i would never go to the bar i just wasn't into it i was too frugal you know i was like doing the freelance illustration thing and keeping it tight and maybe i'd get a six-pack if we were gonna like you know hang out and drink some beers but i didn't really drink hard stuff like hard liquor that much like whiskey And, uh, you know, I guess I just kept it more moderate. You know, I guess we would get pretty fucked up, but, like, yeah, I guess we did. Growing up as teenagers at UNH, we definitely got pretty fucked up. But I guess it's a different level when you're drinking the liquor on the regs. When you're a grown man drinking whiskey every night, I tell you... That's how you fucking probably get heart disease, you know. I'm gonna be honest with you. That's probably how you die. But that's why that's why I don't do that anymore, you know. That's why you gotta you go through phases in your life, you know but uh yeah i was i was i but i really enjoyed it though i really enjoyed it i got really into drinking some nice scotch and some nice whiskey and really getting an appreciation for it and i love that stuff still but i just know that you know drinking a pipe and drinking some uh, smoking a pipe and drinking some whiskey as you've heard me do on this very podcast many a time um not a good to have as a real frequent hobbit habit 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 you know um let's see uh i have down here pizza with doug to Naples. um you know doug to napel was freelancing on the show when i was working on it in the beginning and uh i was a big fan of his stuff he was in the cubicle next to me and i was like dude i'm a huge fan of your work and he had creature tech come out the same time as the octopi in the ocean we both had books come out on top shelf at the same time and he was like, oh, I loved Dr. Pie. He was like, that was one of my favorite books that came out, you know, at that time. And I was like, wow, I thought that was really cool. And so uh, we would go get pizza once in a while, which I thought was really fun. And he'll, like, try to convert you to, uh, like, evangelical Christianity or whatever. He's, like, a super, super conservative Christian. Um, you know, but, uh, but that's okay, you know. I, to me, if you're a nice person um, and, uh, and you, like, are just down to talk about stuff, I think that's cool, you know, so, uh, you know, I don't feel like I have to have the same beliefs or be coming from the same place as somebody, um, even if I think, you know, wow, you know, it might be kind of problematic, like, that some people, you know, I have friends that think being gay is not right and stuff, and, you know, I don't agree with that, and I'll, and I'll share that with them, you know, I'll be like, "Mm, yeah, I don't agree with that, but, you know, uh, if they 're a nice person and they 're not going around and trying to hurt people 's feelings with those views like i 'm not really going to hold those views against them you know as if they're if they're a cool nice person, and we connect you know because I think that if you all of a sudden decide to stop being friends with people over like some ideological beliefs that maybe they were just raised with, you know that then like things get even more and more separated, and I think like why not? why not like be friends with them and like try to evolve your views together you know I think that's cool I feel like I have a lot of friends with different views and they've helped shape my views and I've helped shape their views and and all that I think that's important I think it's cooler to like be friends with people and like have meaningful relationships and evolve the conversations than you know drawing lines in the sand and if you don't agree with all my views I'm not gonna talk to you anymore I don't know if they're a dick yeah but you know they're like a cool person who's down to talk about this shit for real. I think that's important. You know, I think that's more important. I think it's easier to just like turn your back on people, you know, it's harder to it's harder to try to try to come to that middle ground, to find that common ground, you know, sometimes, but I think it's worth it. Um, what else? Uh the that legendary story I mentioned of of the rumor that I had my feet up in Kelly crew on kelly cruz's desk (laughs) when i was negotiating my salary with her as the producer of adventure time uh i love that story i told that on the other pod so i won't go into the details but you can check it out um doing drinking draws with the crew was always really fun we had some drinking draw nights um that were really fun um seeing that first footage come back i remember was a really special moment um it was in the inkyridian and it was the moment when Finn's like doubting himself and Finn and Jake are sitting by the water. And I remember that coming back. And I remember, now that I'm saying this, I think I might have actually mentioned this on the pod. But I remember that coming back and I remember the scene of, of uh, uh, from a different episode with the Ice King. is Has Finn and Jake frozen in an ice cube and he's wheeling him up the back the back like road to his castle, his little mountain there. Um, I remember uh you know, seeing those for the first time and just like being like, oh shit, this cartoon is special. Like this, this is like I've never seen stuff that looked and sounded like this before, you know, and how special that was. So um that will always be very special in my in my mind, you know, thinking of the thinking of those times, thinking of that time. Um, uh, there was a ping pong table on the roof and, uh, people, there probably still is, um, I remember just sitting up on the roof a lot and eating lunch with Tommy and Andy and Jesse and Akko and everybody, um, and, uh, and, and playing some ping pong. Not particularly good at ping pong, but it's fun. You know, I'm always down for a game. Um, I remember a Halloween party at Pens, and it, there was like, I guess like pen pen like... Like Beck used to live at Penn's apartment. Like not one, not together. That would be super cool. That would have been really dope. Um, But, uh, you know, separately, um, before Penn lived there, supposedly Beck lived there. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool because I'm a big fan of Beck. Um, uh, I remember people watching Chat Roulette a lot. People doing Chat Roulette a lot in the office. I think that was like blowing up at the time and uh that was really funny and i guess it's just like dick roulette and every time they would go on there it would just be people jerking off um <laughs> so that was i remember just like walking in and they're like why want to do a chat roulette again i don't even remember who would do it um but uh that was funny and i also remember i feel like somehow connected to this maybe it's just cuz they're both sexual But, and I can't, I'm not going to blow up who was involved in this. But there was a very, there was a seemingly, there was rumors and evidence of a sordid love triangle that was going on in the office. And uh, I think people's feelings were even kind of getting, getting, getting getting sore about it and stuff. And I remember coming in and like, and like at night and like, there would be a, a couple of people having sex in the writer's room. Um, in, in this love triangle and, uh, you know, being like, oh shit. And I just remember that and that, that being kind of crazy. But, uh, like I said, you know, if other people were talking about that, um, you know, I would join in, but I'm not going to out anybody cause, uh, you know, there's people that I care about involved in that situation. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Not really my business to talk about that in detail. Um, fucking, uh, I remember having a really cool, we would, you know, go out for drinks a lot, um, after work. And I remember having a really cool relationship talk with Rebecca sugar. Um, like I think I had, cause I had moved out to LA with a, with a fiance and, I, and, and it had fallen apart and I was really heartbroken about it. Like the most heartbroken I've ever been. And for the first time in my life, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to casually date. You know, I'm the kind of guy that was like always looking for my wife, like thought I was going to marry like every girl that I dated pretty much. Like I'm kind of like a romantic and like an idealist when it comes to like love and relationships and stuff like that. But I was so smashed at that point that, uh, you know, I just had to like, I couldn't really bear to think about that. And I just thought I'm just going to, but I still wanted romance in my life. So I thought, you know. Before I didn't really see the point in having casual relationships, but I'm just gonna like go on OKCupid and date, and um and and I was like doing that, and it was actually like because it was LA, and um you know I was uh, a a young bachelor, uh, <laughs> a young well paid bachelor, uh, in the prime of my life, you know, and so I was I was having a really good time, you know, seeing three probably like three ish girls a week. And uh, and I remember talking to Rebecca about that, having just like a really cool conversation with her about that time, you know, about that, about that relationship, like turmoil and then kind of like it changing my kind of view at that time about relationships. But then, of course, as soon as I stopped looking for my wife, I met Athena on OKCupid and, you know, immediately just kind of told all the other girls that I was hanging with, like, you know, um, that I was, I was, I met a girl that I was going to be exclusive with, um, because me and Athena met and decided to have Wolfie within about a week. Um, and of course you can't have a child that fast. You got to wait nine or 10 months. Um, but we kind of, we kind of decided right away. It was funny that we even just bypassed the, the marriage thing. Like we didn't even need to talk about that. We already knew that that was going to happen. We were like, we should have a kid together. And the crazy thing is we both, felt it and it felt like really simple and really right and like it was a no brainer you know um and it was uh one of the most magical one of the most magical times of my life like like one of the things that i felt most sure about in my entire life and you know as you know i talk a lot about intuition and following that intuitional compass and all that you got to practice your intuition, you know, you can't just you can't just hope it's there when you need it. You know, you got to kind of listen to that voice and follow it into the dead ends and the wrong turns and the, all that. You know, you got to do all that so that, you know, like, OK, I think this is not good and this is good. And but then, you know, when that intuition comes and you go, wow, this could be the best thing in my life, but it could also be the worst, you know, and trying to tell the difference between those kind of opportunities so you know um that was one of the most like just like crystal clear intuitional things i've ever had you know and 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 so crazy that you know felt the same way with her and obviously destiny you know there was a lot of really big destiny for me in la you know it was my destiny to go design the world for adventure time without a doubt you know the perfect fit was the perfect fit it was so easy i mean <laughs> once we got going it wasn't easy I, I i take that back it wasn't easy at all um looking back <laughs> it feels easy now now it would be easy you know now it's easy um uh but getting there was hard but um but uh but yeah I, you know big shout out to LA LA treated me so well you know it's funny cuz i live in the woods I live in in the northeast kingdom of Vermont, deep in the woods, and I I prefer to be in the woods. I'm at my house and in the woods, in my woods, almost all the fucking time. Um, But, uh, you know, New York City was really good to me and got my career started off. And then, um, you know, uh, or kind of was the setup to my career, I should say. And then, um, you know, LA really gave me a big boost. Uh, you know, being able to get that, get that Adventure Time stuff going, and get all the, get all the kind of uh, fame from that, and all the pay from that, and be able to turn that into this next phase of my dream, and investing it in our property, and, and the dream here, and to have a family, and all that stuff. You know, um, I couldn't have done it without LA, obviously, because I mean, it was such a big part of my life. So I got so much love for LA. Uh, if you hear me bat, if you hear me shit talking cities, you know it 's just an ideological thing you know I just think they 're not as like a healthy of environment, like a mentally healthy environment for humans, but they treated me very well, and I always really enjoyed my time there, you know, but they definitely were some of my most debaucherous times as well. I will say that I picked up some pretty bad habits in in the cities, you know I was uh probably at some of the peak of my destruction uh my 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 his my uh my destructive tendencies in the cities so maybe there's some correlation there you know um trying to think what else uh i think that's about it you know um been having fun with my 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 best friend kent osborne my neighbor uh kent osborne um, and, uh, this morning we were out on bike patrol, um, at 7am we get on our bikes and, uh, we go for our bike lord bike patrol, uh, up the hill and across the, you know, we, we ride up, we live about halfway up a a, a wooded hill or a mountain, whatever you want to call it, and we fucking ride up to the top. And then up there, it's a lot of cleared farmland and just gorgeous views of mountains and just the rolling woodlands of Vermont up there. So we ride up there. We ride back and forth on that hill. We ride to the opposite end of it and then, you know, before it goes all the way down into town. And then we turn around and we ride back um, and back down to our houses here on, uh, on the road. Um, and uh, that's the Bike Lord Bike Patrol. So we've been, I've been really enjoying hanging with my man K.O., um, I helped him move some logs around. He's building a log bridge over his brook, uh, on his property over here. He's been really getting into his Vermont lifestyle. He's been out there with the chainsaw, clearing his woods, doing some selective cutting, opening it up. You can see all these great boulders in the woods. You know, the woods here are so spectacular. Um, and especially on our little hill here, just full of boulders, full of all kinds of different trees, full of brooks. You know, we got the beaver pond. We got the, you know, ledges and cliffs. And, you know, so dynamic, the property, the, you know, both of our properties here. And uh, and they're almost touching. You know, our properties are only divided by one property in the middle. You know, so they're almost touching. Me and Kent are almost always touching each other, you know. Um, and I love it, man. It's it's uh, added just another dimension of richness to my already perfect ideal dream world lifestyle, you know, that doesn't mean that I don't have goals that I'm reaching for, you know, there's, um, I'm obviously still struggling all the time to balance my life out, you know, I got so many things going on in my life, Um, but, uh, you know, having all these great things, just, you know, you really want to have a high quality of life, and to figure out exactly what that means for you, you know, (laughs) I think it's underrated to stop and think exactly what quality of life do I want to have, like, and how do I achieve that? you know is it a fast paced life is it a slower life and there's different phases of your life too. Maybe I want it fast at this point, but then you know as I'm settling into my career and a family and stuff, do I want to slow it down a little bit? Do I want to be near my family? Do I want to be near my friends? you know do I want to go to someplace new um you know what kind of environment do I want to really live in you know and uh and what do I want in my daily life to be like you know for me that's just Walking in the woods every day. Working out in the woods every day. Shooting hoops up in the woods every day. Riding bikes with my man K.O. Bike Lord Bike Patrol. Fucking drawing every day. Hanging out in the woods with my kids. You know, having cookouts. Um, Definitely really looking forward to the Conor McGregor fight this weekend. Shout out to all my UFC fans out there. You know, hopefully we get some crossover. Um, You know, it's basketball season. I got the Celtics coming. Super excited about that. Um, been watching the preseason games. Um, Celtics best, second best team in the league this year, so it's gonna be very exciting. Um, but yeah, this Saturday, um, I got my boy Daddy Ball Scout with his balls out. My homie Luke Dubois, my oldest best friend, who's also been on this podcast, he will be visiting this weekend. Um, he'll be coming tomorrow for family movie night, you know, every Friday night. The bandits. Uh, you know, usually get some takeout Chinese food and pop some popcorn and, uh, sit down and all watch a movie together. You know, we're like, we like to keep it. And that's those things about that quality of life shit. You know, like we have home cooked dinner every night together here. Um, you know, every Friday night we do a movie night together here. Um, we have a lot of cookouts with friends here. Um, obviously all the scout stuff all summer is very social uh wolfie's going over to his friend's house after school tomorrow early release you know remember that remember riding the bus to your friend's house after school and hanging out oh my god man i love ride. i used to love riding the bus there was a whole like world that happened on the bus the big kids would sit in the back and you had to be cool and they'd be like trading cards and toys and selling stuff. I remember the kids used to like sell candy in the back of the bus or try to trade some G.I. Joe's. I remember once I was at the bus stop and, you know, sometimes the older kids would try to take advantage of you, you know, like not even sexually, but like G.I. Joe wise. They would be like, I remember one time I got a brand new storm shadow. And somehow one of the older kids convinced, convinced me, convinced that I, I traded it for some diver. Was it wetsuit or something? I have to look it up. I forget. It might have been a wetsuit. And, uh, you know, I traded my brand new storm child for wetsuit. And then I was, I had, I had wetsuit in my pocket on the playground, but he was half in and half out. And I was chasing some girls around on the playground and, and, and fucking wetsuit fell out and disappeared. I never saw him again. So I lost Storm Shadow and wetsuit in a day. You know, that was terrible. But I remember the older kids always used to be trying to trade you shit, you know, and rip you off. And, like, you know, I remember they would, like, I remember one time they were trying to buy all our G.I. Joe weapons off of us, you know. <laughs> and I remember, um, you know, they'd be selling, like, the cards, like, Pages to put sports cards in. Like one of the big kids, like, bought a box of those pages, those where you could put nine sports cards in. It's like a three hole punch and like nine cards fit on there. And the older kid, like, was selling those pages in the back of the school bus, you know, or they'd be trying to get your garbage pail kids' cards, you know, for 10 cents. They'd be trying to buy a garbage pail kid card off of you or something. And I remember, like, I would hang out with the big kids in my neighborhood. And then I would go to try to talk to them on the in the back of the bus. And then they would pretend they didn't know me. And then later on, they'd be like, don't ever talk about us hanging out, you know? Because <laughs> they were, like, too cool. They couldn't be hanging out. Because we'd be, like, we'd be all the younger siblings and the older kids. Because my older brother was even older than all of them. My older brother's 11 years older than me because he's my half-brother, you know? And I remember one time at the bus stop, this kid... ...pulled a butter knife on me, dude. I can't even remember why. I think it was just to be like a bully, you know? And he pulled out like a butter knife. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking stab you. Or so, I don't even remember what he said. But it was like, he just was like being kind of intimidating. Probably just to to intimidate the younger kids. And then I remember my older brother, who's older than them, went over there and talked to him about that. And that was the last time. Because my brother was fucking a drummer. And he was an all-star football player. And he was on the fucking baseball team. He was fucking jacked, you know, for that high school. He was like, he was like that jacked high school dude, you know. And he was like, like, he was already like, probably in college or something. And he was like, he went over and he was like, yeah, that's done with. And they were like, yeah, it is, it's done with. And then fucking nobody would give me shit, you know. My brother was a beefcake. Um, all right, well, let's bring this old juice. See Drippin' Podcast Home um, with some shout outs. And, uh, but since we forgot to get uh, the theme song in in the beginning, let's kick it over to my man A Wall One. Broadcasting oh. live from live from another dimension. Broadcasting live from another dimension. Go shrimp and friends. Go shrimp and friend. Woo hoo 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 hoo. That's what I'm talking about. A little A Wall one You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the homie. Um, so it's actually tomorrow today. Um I jumped ahead and uh you know I recorded this podcast yesterday. Fucking with your mind right now. Woo! Um and now it's tomorrow because I'm broadcasting from the fucking future. I got the secrets, y'all. And I'm about to reveal some secrets from the future to you. Um that I have spoken to Akko Castuera uh my storyboard homie from adventure time and she's gonna be joining us next week on the fucking podcast you know so look for that Thursday or Friday at patreon.com slash ghost shrimp you know that's where we get the early access to the podcast um two days in advance you know and uh two days before iTunes and SoundCloud you know um and also the home of uh the behind the foreskin with Goshrimp shrimp mini of which there are fifty two now um you know behind the scenes of all the projects i've been working on and then further back than that the um the ghost Scout training camp footage that we talked about and uh once again speaking from the future last night i jumped in and did some editing uh and started to put together two uh full episodes behind the foreskin with Shrimp, full episodes five and six um so those will be coming uh i i got those almost all edited together so hopefully i'll get some more time in this weekend to start to uh unclog the pipes here with all these behind the foreskin minisodes and get them out into the full episode world on the youtube channel so everybody can see them you know but if you want that early access if you want to know what's happening You know, more or less in real time, get up on that Patreon. You know, don't uh you know don't deprive yourself, treat yourself. If you want a little more motivation, a little more inspiration, a little more ghost shrimp in your motherfucking life, that's exactly what that's for. You know, a lot of times I'll post up uh you know a little bit early of sharing work on there as well, you know, so and some stuff never makes it off the Patreon, some stuff stays Patreon exclusive, you know, and even even another reason to join. Um, And speaking of joining, we've got a new uh, marinated steak tip shout out going out to Michael McClain. Welcome to the Patreon family. You know, get yourself some marinated steak tips. Help yourself. uh, All you can eat, you know. Come up to this marinated steak tip buffet and help yourself, my friend um dive right in i hope you're enjoying all that behind the scenes exclusive content on there um once these youtube once these full episodes hit youtube you will be getting the video marinated steak tip shout out and that is the most exclusive level of support big shout outs um moving along we've got the uh let's see the one dollar members you know we've we've been forgetting to shout out the the group of the one dollar members for the last couple podcasts so Last time around on that Phil Rinda podcast, we shouted them out by name. You know, they got bumped up to that beef stew buffet because we love our supporters. You know, I love the support out there. It's incredible. God damn, I keep banging my elbows on this fucking table. And that's what's creating those vibrations in the microphone. I apologize to you. I'm an amateur and we keep it rugged and raw on this podcast. Um fuck so we got the we you know we got those one dollar members shout out we got those one dollar members shout out shout out to you um and uh at that two dollar level you know you start to jump up into the beef stew buffet and you get shouted out by name so uh and beyond that we got the five dollar marinated steak tip shout outs and that's the video pod the video shout out and the podcast shout out and that's where we're going to start you know um shout out to Eric malhus with the uh norway brewing company um and uh currently my new client again you know we we sealed that deal uh yesterday we got money in the bank now we're fucking we're about to get busy on some skioches some sketches as i like to say you know uh, coming in at a uh, self-chosen $3 level per podcast. We've got Pablo Meiji, aka Young Wolf T. I thought it was Young Wolf Teal before. Now it's Young Wolf T. Did I get it wrong before? Damn, I don't know. Uh big shout out to current workshopper, Zeta Big Ups, another Northeast Kingdomer um big shout out to my homie from pratt rafael tang all coming in at that three dollar per podcast level you know i appreciate it i hope everybody's doing good out there um at that starting that two dollar level we've got the homie daniel foothead aka Ghost scout sports magic over there in new zealand big shout outs homie hope all is well um just finished up that album for uncle terry uh couldn't be happier with how that album cover came out um he said that one of the things he gets most excited about now is making a new album so he can hire me to do the cover how dope is that shout out to uncle terry you know i love all my clients and they love me you know that's how we keep it rolling uh big shout out to mark osborne big shot hollywood director i think i'm gonna see him next weekend when he comes to visit my new best friend kent osborne my neighbor we're gonna be hanging out uh big shout out to year six camp champion uh, Go Scout, Beard Lips, aka Krognack, aka John Mansfield. Big shout out to Ryan Quincy. Get yourself some beef stew, my friend. Uh big shout out to Workshop Alumni Johnny Glines. Big shout out to Denmark Tri Man Hunt. Another Ghost Scout. Alexi Giroux, aka Cheeky Bookie. Sometimes I can't think of their name, and then I just start talking, and then it'll just slide in. You know, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it does. Um Big shout out to Arguably Ard. Get yourself some beef stew. Uh shout out to the homie Kent Osborne. Uh, aka my the co-founder of the bike lord bike patrol with me um we bike around at 7 a.m uh big shout out to waste Zoid. big shout out to chris burke uh big shout out to another workshop alumni and go scout Chris Murray, a.k.a. Ghost Scout Mr. Husband. Oh, yeah, Alexi Giroux, also workshop alumni. Uh, Big shout-out to Michael Brancato. Another workshopper, Jesse Promue. Get that motherfucking beef stew, my friend. Uh, big shout out to Ghost Scout, Dal Dundee, a.k.a. Steve Winfield Meyer. I still have not upped another thing I really have been slacking on and need to get done is updating the roster of the fucking Ghost Scouts. None of the new Scouts are on there yet. I've just been fucking slammed. I gotta catch up on this baha on this shit, man. I got too many things to do. Um, go, uh, pfft, blah, 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 blah. what am I talking about? Big shout out to Ghost Scout Gerard Jones. Big shout out to Spook Novel. Big shout out to Jesse Kukaka Donnie, the original two dollar member. Uh, big shout out to Curse Gift. And last but not least, another workshop alumni, Alejandro Fuentes, a.k.a. Los Focos. You know, check his shit out. Um, So, yeah, that's good. That's everybody. Um, And we got it in. You know, only an hour and 15 on this one. That's not too bad. Um, This is just a quick one to get you in and out. You know, keep that motivation flowing and rolling. So make sure you're having a positive week. Make sure you're having a productive week. Um, and, uh, hopefully, uh, with keep fingers crossed that, that Akko shows up on Thursday and we do this fucking podcast and we do this shit, you know what I'm saying? So stay positive, stay productive and, uh, yeah, have a great week.